who came across the needle and see what she did to see me. I don't mean to say anything, little boys, and they like you at first. It's being in a gang, come up with the cypress high up crack, totally shanker. All right, what's going on? It's America Unplugged right here on Rockfin. You guys know the deal. Every Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern, we are here trying to talk to you about the madness going on in the world today. Greetings and blessings to all of you. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had an excellent week and have a very productive, healthy, restful weekend. My name is Billy Ray Valentine, Billy the Kid, and we're going to get off to it right now with the usual suspects right here on AU, Mr. Tony Arterberg. The wisest of all the wolves. What's up, buddy? Hey, Billy. Good to see you and Don live from Denison, Texas, here at the uh, Main Street Mall, where we now have a Wise Wolf Gold and Silver location. So uh, come down and see me. Sounds amazing. Tony's doing his thing. At some point, there's going to be a Wise Wolf in every state, right? (laughs) Wise Wolf. Please uh, don't do that to me. Wise Wolf (laughs) Portland, Oregon is coming soon. I mean, oh, I don't freaking. Know. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna happen, you know. So uh, uh, look forward to it. Tony's doing his thing, ladies and gentlemen. We're uh, we're honored and privileged to have him here as part of us here at America Unplugged, and of course, the legendary Don Jeffries doing his thing all the time. He can't stop doing his thing, even if he wants it to stop doing his thing. <laughs> What's up, Don? What's going on? Uh, great to be with you guys. Always great. Although I'm a little discombobulated. I'm used to hearing my name twice and your name twice and Tony's twice. You know, I'm just a different introduction. I don't know. <laughs> so we'll, we'll try to keep uh, up Next our time usual. I'm doing it, I'm going to put it three times in there, Don. You got to say okay. it like, like yeah. Beetlejuice and we'll all disappear. Well, the more the more they announce the name, the better we're gonna our performance is going to be. Don Jeffrey. <laughs> Donald Jeffries. <laughs> new, new Beetlejuice is coming out soon. Um, and, and, and Michael Keaton is in the new Flash movie as Batman again, yeah. which I want to see. Uh, and he played an incredible vulture in the Spider-Man movies. Just saying, I was just having a conversation about Michael Keaton yesterday and Beetlejuice comes up, uh, which is fantastic, right? So um, we should talk about that. AU, the Beetlejuice edition at some point. It'll be more entertaining. I don't know. The, the crap that's going on in the world is pretty entertaining as it is, but what are you going to do? What's up, everybody in YouTube, everybody over on Rockfin and on the audio feeds? What's going on? Hope everybody's doing well. Okay, so let's get off to it. We're going to talk about Elon Musk, your boy, your boy, right? That everybody here in the alternative media was like, oh, my God, Elon Musk, we love you. Thank you for buying Twitter. Thank you for providing a free speech platform for all the people to be able to say what you're going to say and do what you're going to do because, you know, ultimately, he was for us, right? He did say that AI was a bad thing, right? He said, oh, my God, it's really bad. Then he goes ahead and, and funds a bunch of it, you know, and, and says, you know, it's we need it and uh, he's going to profit off of it. As, and he's trying to put a chip, in, a chip in your brain, but that's not a problem. It's not a problem. Um, but, but here we are uh, naming uh, a new CEO, Right. Because he, he don't want to do it anymore. Right. He, he put out that poll that the people said that they didn't want him to be the CEO of Twitter and that he would step down. He he uh, stayed true to that. But be careful what you wish for, ladies and gents, or maybe not. I'm, I'm kind of happy this is happening. Lifting the veil, lifting the mask. Right. Uh, maybe to some some people may not care, just like they don't care about Trump. 
World Economic Forum. <laughs> I can't help but laugh at this. Let, let, let me throw it to Don, to Don and, and then we'll go to we'll go to Tone. What did you think of this uh, announcement? This new CEO straight out of the World Economic <laughs> Forum. I forget her name. Let me go look for it. Um, don't know much about her. Yes. I was reading up on her. Linda Yaccarino or there something you. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me something. Well, you know, I, I likened it to uh, Trump naming John Bolton oh. because it, it was that stark. But I mean, it's just it's just and I, I guess, you know, again, we're, we're just relegated now to this is the only hope allegedly we're ever going to get this kind of hopium. And starting with Trump, it looks like they're trying to find the least likely suspects that you would ever think would be on your side and then have them pretend to be on your side. We know obviously with Trump, uh, Elon Musk with his mother's a practicing witch or whatever. And all the, you know, he's been dressed as Baffinet and all this crazy stuff he's done in the past. And then suddenly he comes out as this, you know, again, saying the kind of stuff Trump did lots of really great stuff on free speech. Yeah. And, uh, so you figure, well, and I said at the time, I said, well, he, I, I don't know. I don't think he can make Twitter any worse. Now he hasn't, I'm still shadow banned constantly you know people some guy told me the other day I, i've had to follow you eight different times at least so they're they're doing this stuff to people still and i'm always you know trying to tweet him as if he's going to see it or whatever but i didn't expect that he would do anything uh, quite this blatant because again it's, it's like it, it's like they want you to know it's like what i used to call calling cards when they left a single bullet and it took me decades to realize why wouldn't you just shoot the bullet into something and make it look like it hits something Why'd you pick something that, that that was pretty much pristine? Why would you have something like the calling card in 9-11, Muhammad Atta's card that came down on top of all the rubble and somehow survived magically? These are calling cards. So this is kind of a calling card where he's saying, okay, I'm going from free speech. New CEO is going to be <laughs> is the, the, the chair of the World Economic Forum, which he's criticized. If you look at his tweets, he's been critical of the World Economic very much like Trump. And uh, so this is very similar to that. I jumped in on the thread there. I don't, I don't, I may go look and see, like, I, I think he's obviously getting a lot of flack from people on Twitter. I don't know if he's even tried to defend it or anything, because there is no defense for it. But uh, I, I, again, I guess it just shows us that maybe there is, there's no hope at all in any of these people, but um, it's, again, he was an unlikely champion of free speech, but this is the new normal, I guess, where they 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 have these people just you know spend a, a really you know undue amount of time, which he did. He stressed free speech over and over again. Then I pointed out, you know, then he but he somehow wasn't going to bring Alex Jones back. He said Sandy Hook was behind the pale. So uh, I'm not confident with my new COVID book coming out real soon. I'm not confident I'll be able to tweet about it on Twitter. I don't. I don't think. I, I wonder what the the new CEO, the World Economic Forum. I don't think she's going to like those kind of books. So I think maybe uh, the COVID talk will be a verboten over there as well. Again, I don't know how, how much of an impact Elon Musk has made there, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very uh, disillusioning as if we weren't already disillusioned enough, but you have to try to laugh at it. But uh, I don't, I don't know if he's put out any kind of statement to even try to defend it. But I mean, people have to be like, at least regular users on Twitter have to be overwhelmingly, anybody that supported him has to be like 98% against this appointment so uh, we'll see if he can he come up with some kind of ridiculous uh, defense well it's incredibly progressive right it's a woman <laughs> yes she's a woman <laughs> what's up tone <laughs> well as, as usual i i agree with the the legendary don jeffries um but let's let's see where have i seen this before 
uh, an outsider billionaire. He's got some great <laughs> ideas to oppose the establishment. He says all the things, and then he hires the people that are against policy because personnel is policy. Let's read. Let's read a little bit of this excerpt from Patrick Wood over on Technocracy.News. Mm. Anyone affiliated with the World Economic Forum is anathema to the cause of liberty, freedom, and free speech. Yet, as a technocrat birds of a feather flock together, Elon Musk has made good on finding a CEO to run Twitter. In the midst of grandstanding as a, quote, free speech absolutist, Musk's game of 4D chess is becoming clear. <laughs> now the alternative media types like Tucker Carlson and countless conservatives have returned to Twitter Musk wraps them all up and delivers them into the belly of the beast. So says mm. Patrick Wood over on technocracy.news. So I agree with that. I mean, we have really no room left to run. I, when it, people get mad at me all the time because they'll say like, hey, what do you think about Elon Musk? He really did a big thing. Or he's bought, bought Twitter. And I go, yeah. But do you know anything about his family? Do you know anything about the history of technocracy? Do you know that his grandfather was kicked out of Canada? I mean, Remember when the most controversial thing that Elon Musk did was smoke weed on Rogan, you know, and now it's like he's got this $40 billion platform and he controls the speech and everybody's like, oh, thank you, Elon. <laughs> Is anything, I mean, they, they've obviously, you know, put some accounts back up. Is Alex Jones back on Twitter? I don't think so. I mean, no. there's there's a lot of people that aren't back on Twitter that, I mean, what, what was controversial, I really don't understand. But there's a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of people and content that's not back up there. I, I've just been skeptical. Uh, I know it's a downer because people want to believe, you know, uh, like the whole 4D chess. I mean, that, that was thrown in there by Patrick Wood. Is this, I mean, oh, we've got to keep our enemies closer, guys. Did you know that? Because when you're, when you're trying, when you're trying to re, you know, revamp free speech, what you need to do is hire somebody who doesn't even believe in people. I mean, can you imagine being associated with an organization that has Yuval Harari in it? I mean, that that's, that's some real sick, uh, psychopathic anti-human uh, ideology yeah. right there you read what that that israeli scientist who works with the wef uh, read what he says about people you know basically that he's echoing henry kissinger with useless eaters what are we going to do with all these people we got to limit i mean it's again it's anti-human anti what is there's no economics in the world economic forum <laughs> and it's pretty <laughs> funny because i mean really it's just about anti-economics anti-people anti-production uh, so I don't see how this could be pro-free speech in any way. And as a matter of fact, you have this giant pool of people to pick from. And it just shows you where your priorities are, who controls you. Right. It's just like Trump. Remember, they said Trump, or he he couldn't he couldn't get anybody else. They have, you know, they he has to pick something. Really, he couldn't get it. But I I just want to mention real quick that um, interesting happened a few days before that, the big announcement about Tucker Carlson going to Twitter. Now, what I I don't remember. Do you guys recall if uh I don't think uh, denouncing the WEF was a huge part of his stuff on Fox. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure he did talk about them and criticize them. Now, what does he think? He went again. We're 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 assuming he's going to be unfettered now. Fox News isn't going to control. If he's going to Twitter, <laughs> he's got the CEO, the chair of the WEF there. What is he going to? So, I mean, what is I think has he made a statement on this? He can't be pleased with it, but I, maybe they're giving him enough money so it doesn't matter. But it's just it's, it's, a, it's, it's really it's just the whole thing is just ridiculous. I, th I think that's it. I think you you nailed it right in the head. You know, I, I, Tucker Carlson, you give him enough money, it don't matter who's running what. Yeah. You know, he's going to say what yeah. he's going to say and, and that'll be the end of it. Like, I don't think he has a problem. He's not going to have a problem with it. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. 
um, he did criticize the World Economic Forum and 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 I think he even spoke about the Great Reset, right, a, a few yeah. times on, on the show. <laughs> Right. Um, you got the chair of them as your new boss, and you're okay with that? Yeah, of course he's cool, man. He's an he's a he's an economic chameleon, you know. He he is good as long as that green is coming in or whatever, you know, whatever it is that CBDC, he don't give a damn as long as it's uh favoring him, you know. So uh he'll be he'll be just fine over with his new masters at Twitter or his old masters. Seems to seems to be as more the more things change, the more things stay the same, right? I mean. You should not be surprised about this. None of us should. I, I still get surprised, not about this in particular, but I still get surprised about things. Um, but So I understand. But we should not be surprised when liars lie. We should not be surprised when cheats steal. We should not be surprised when murderers murder. We shouldn't be surprised about things like that. So when things like this happen that are counter-humanity and counter-free speech, we shouldn't be surprised when those who advocate for that uh, with their actions, not necessarily with their words, um, actually go ahead and do something something like this, right? And and that's just the end of it. So let's see. There'll be more excuses made for Elon Musk. There certainly will be more excuses made for Tucker Carlson. People are still making more excuses for Donald Trump. Um, and that will continue, unfortunately. Um, but uh, their actions will continue to show something else, and it's up to us to shift our vision to shift our position, admit that maybe we were wrong, which is there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. Admit to it, right? You have to learn from it and, and keep on uh, moving. Uh, this doesn't surprise me, Tone, in the least bit. It just, it just doesn't. Elon Musk was never for the people. Never. He was never by the people. He came straight out of the, like you mentioned, like, you know, like they got kicked out of Canada for being technocrats up there and trying to freaking rule uh, uh, um, the world from from there or whatever. They took the yin yang symbol and made it their own. You know, <laughs> I mean, yes. how, how many? I mean, how many things do we have to see in order to realize that 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 these people aren't for us? But but whatever. What what do you think, Tom? Well, I think it, and if this was a better country, if we were the country we, that we used to be, uh, the questions being asked now is. Are you now or have you ever been a member of the World Economic Forum in front of, in front of Congress, in front of UAC? And then that's really how dangerous these globalist uh, supranational entities have become. Council on Foreign Relations, Trilateral Commission. Right. Uh, you know, you look at, again, we have all these different globalists that have been in, installed at the highest levels. Uh, of course, when you look at Joe Biden. Uh, but you have, uh, I mean, even back in the 90s, you had Strobe Talbot, who was Secretary of State under Bill Clinton, who said that the nation state was irrelevant. This is a technocracy at its core, right. uh, getting away from the nation state, having a one world ruling class run by te technology. I mean, H.G. Wells uh, talked about this and uh, Things to Come, that book that he wrote. He also wrote a book uh, called The New World Order. Um, this is where they get that movement from the 30s. Elon Musk springs from that his family springs from that and this is a an extension of it so if you if you think if you think elon's here to save you right um you know i i advise you to look at your history i mean that's not what he believes in i mean don mentioned him showing up at these events or making his profile picture on twitter but it's baphomet i mean this is not a, and you see all these christians just flocking to because they, there's nowhere for them to turn they have to well they they think that anyway except maybe you could turn to jesus or yourself or you could you know work on your your family or your community. That's kind of my philosophy, but a lot of these people want external things to fight the problem. Mm. Uh, it, you know, it reminds me a lot of, you look at the second congressional district of Texas. Mm. Um, 
this is where Charlie Wilson was uh, congressman. If you looked at the Tom Hanks movie, Charlie Wilson's War. There's something interesting about that uh, that congressional district is if you watch that movie, Charlie Wilson's constantly getting help from the CIA because they were using that district as kind of a safe district for them to have a congressman in the inside, getting them funding to fight the, with the use to fight the Soviets in Afghanistan. If you watch that movie, well, if you fast forward all these years, you have Dan Crenshaw is now the, that's the, you know, I patch McCain. Uh, he's there and he's the, uh, he's the second congressional district congressman. Um, Dan Crenshaw, WEF member, right? Mm-hmm. Young, young leaders. So this, again, there's the entire, everything about uh, the, the, opposition to globalism if it's in the mainstream or however we think has been captured it's almost like there's no outlets anymore um almost every institution and especially like these beloved political figures like we're opposing and they're republican they're christian no and again wef world economic forum is about the great reset it's an anti-christian anti-human anti-economic organization i think that's pretty clear so, Don, who do we turn to? What's going on here? We can't turn to Elon <laughs> Musk, apparently. What are we doing? Well, yeah, we're, well, I'm as guilty as anybody else of, you know, Bobby Kennedy Jr. Obviously, I mean, that's, you know, that's my Kennedy thing. I, I'm, you know, and I, I have no idea. He could, he could, he, maybe he'll come out again and say, all anybody opposed to climate change should be put in jail, which he did years ago. He needs to repudiate that. But, uh, you know, I, yeah, at this point, we have to, I think, be our own heroes. We have to kind of come together. And and uh, our, I'm sure Vince Agnelli's out there in the chat room. I see him. Uh, he likes to say start over. And I think that's uh, that's about the best we can hope for because this is we've lost. Man. And we just I uh, somebody sent me um, something from. No, I think it was uh, Rhonda Tate. It was probably out there. Sent me a link about uh, uh, these parents in Loudoun County in my neighboring district where I used to work that uh, they've been in the epicenter of the school board thing. And now they're, uh, they're getting threats from, from transgender activists and so forth like that. And they, you know, we, we've, we just, we keep losing, we keep engaging the system and I'm as guilty as anybody else. We keep engaging the system and we keep losing. Like I said, we're the, we're like the Washington generals. If you remember the Harlem Globetrotters and the Washington generals, Washington generals never won. The games were always rigged. So they had no chance of winning. And that's what we are. We're, we're the Washington generals. We're never going to win. And the audience is constantly cheering the, the team that it's rigged for to win. Yeah. I mean, you think once in a while they let's root for these hapless losers. Can they win once? No, but that's the way we are. And that's why I always go back to James Forrestal. Before he was pushed out of a window at Bethesda Naval Hospital, Truman Secretary of Defense, uh, they claimed he jumped. He told Joe McCarthy, another guy who I think has been treated unfairly, and I'll have more about him in the next uh, uh, installment of Hidden History. But he told McCarthy, he said, McCarthy, you know, if if this wasn't a giant conspiracy, once in a while they'd make a mistake in our favor. Once in a while we'd win. Once in a while somebody good would – once in a while you would have an Elon Musk or a Trump or – Perot or somebody from that ruling class that would actually maybe is halfway honest and actually wants to help and use their money for that. And that's why we keep, keep getting sucked in by this all the time. And, uh, but obviously they aren't there or they're blocked from doing it. They have no way of doing it. And uh, so I don't know what will happen to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I'm already suspicious that he's, his numbers are really pretty high in the polls. I thought he'd be at 1% like they usually put yeah. the Kucinich and the Cynthia McKinney's is not. So Maybe they have something planned for him. And, of course, if you saw my show yesterday, uh, Joel Gilbert is saying, you know, the fix is in for Michelle Obama. Uh, so I have no idea what's going to happen. These are just personalities they parade around. But uh, 
we, you know, we'll talk about the border and we'll talk about Trump's hound hall again thing, but yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's a very uh, disconcerting to realize that a long time ago, we knew there were no white hats, but you think there, maybe there would be a white hat, a tan hat somewhere, but it doesn't look like there is. There are no white hats. The hell are you talking about? (laughs) They're in charge. Uh, You don't trust the plan, Don Jeffries. I don't know why. I understand. No, but, uh, um, Joel Gilbert was interesting as hell last night. Go watch that that interview. That, that was really fun. And I like him. I like what he does. Um, I didn't realize that it was the same guy that it was that did a Dreams from My Real Father. But I asked Don, and he was like, "Yeah." And I love that documentary. I don't. I I don't know how true it is, but it, he makes a compelling ass case, man. You know. Um, but he says that uh that uh Michelle Obama would be the president of the United States. The only thing is. There's no fix involved. If she runs, she's gonna win, and and, and I think that um that uh you made a hell of a point now with JFK, why the numbers are so high. I didn't think of it till this moment, till you yeah. mentioned it, yeah. because I walk around here in New York and I talk to people, and and this is you know the Democrat stronghold, and most people don't know who RFK is, RFK yeah. Jr. They don't know who he is. And it didn't dawn on me. I'm like, okay, so why is he doing so well or whatever? But most people out here don't know who he is. So I don't know who they're polling. I don't know what they're doing. But, hey, let's see what develops. That's a really good point to watch, Don. I, I Well, and he – I don't know if you heard uh, – He, I think David Knight was talking about the other day that uh, I was surprised. And, again, this is, but this is not a good political move for him. He Not that Trump would ever do it. I mean, Roger Stone is living in his typical fantasy world thinking that – uh, you know, a dream ticket of Trump and RFK Jr. Trump would never do that. There's no way. But he, he came out, uh, RFK Jr., he he must realize he probably has more support in that Trump base than he does in the Democratic Party. But he just kind of shut it right off and said, no, no, I, you know, we, we, we basically saying that, that would never happen. I would never. And I, I thought that was not a good political move and a strange move for him. So I, I don't know, man. I can't I can't. The politics, it's a complete theater. None of it makes any sense because these guys don't do anything that makes it. That would have been, I know it's a dumb thing for him to do politically. And I would think he'd be smarter than that. So I, I have no idea what they're doing, but I, I thought they have been attacking him, but you know, they attacked Elon Musk nonstop, didn't they? They attacked Donald Trump nonstop. So I hope he's not just another fake opposition leader. But again, I, I admit, man, I'm a Kennedy fanboy. I still remember being a, you know, 11 years old and being crushed when his father was killed when I was first discovering politics. So there's, this is, there's a lot of emotion. This, this is my virtue signaling, I guess. There's a little bit of identity politics there for there. I'm reacting emotionally to him. No, I, I, I get it, man. I, I understand. Um, <clears throat> in the interest of time, let, let's switch over to, to immigration and, and uh, Title 42 and, and all of this stuff that's going down or whatever. Tone, you're in Texas. Uh, I don't know how far away you are from the border. You tell me. But um, uh, I mean, uh, you know, they're talking about and this is more political theater, in my opinion. They're talking about how, you know, this is going to be the end of the world and people are going to be running through here, man. And, and I'm like, all right, man, Obama deported 10, 20, 30 times more people than Donald Trump ever freaking did. And if 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 Joe Biden is an extension of the Obama government, which people here in the alternative media, subscribe to left and right. If you ask anyone, okay, or if you ask 10 people that listen to this show or listen to alternative media shows, nine of them will say 
that Obama is still running the country because yeah. Joe Biden is a puppet, quite clearly, right? And they're like, well, it's the same government just being brought over under but Joe Biden, right? Under the Joe Biden name or whatever. So if that's the case, he's going to deport tons of freaking people, right? He's, I mean, that's that's just what I'm looking at, right? If, if we're going to keep up with it. But not only that, um, D- Donald Trump uh, put this in place and all the Trumpites and the, the Trump cult is running around saying, well, you know, D- D- Donald Trump was being hard trying to, you know, build a wall, keep these people out. It was it was a COVID provision. He did it because of COVID for one. But um, Joe Biden uh, really hasn't done anything to stop any of this. There's so many, so many Trump policies that are still in play that Joe Biden could have just gotten rid of. But he hasn't because they're on the same freaking team, bottom line, when it comes to foreign policy. And when you think of, of the people that are running across the border, supposedly, right, that, that are going to be lining up looking for asylum here in the U.S., instead of thinking of, of uh, you know, what we're going to do when they get here, which I guess we have to do a certain amount of that. How about let's think about why are they running out of their freaking countries? Why are they coming here? And then we have the delusion of, oh, well, no, it's, you know what? It's not a delusion. America, in my opinion, is still the greatest place in the world, right? So people have that, that, that mentality and they want to come over here and they want to make themselves better, right? But there's also uh, the factor of their countries are going through hell right now. And it's largely because of the foreign policy, uh, the foreign policy of the United States. Right. And and Donald Trump was instrumental in a lot of this in the sanctions that they put, placed on Venezuela, on Cuba and places like this. And uh, and and that's why people are coming over. So we, we need to think of what we're doing or, or what these people are doing. Right. And they talk a big game. But how are they responsible for getting these people to the border? Right. And that's not being talked about, in my opinion. Regardless, I don't know if anything's really going down over there. They're, they're, they're saying that there isn't. Some are saying that, that, there, that there isn't anything going down. Some are saying that, that the world is ending and they're running through. I'm not there, so I don't know. What's up, Tony? Well, I'm actually about uh, 10 minutes or so, maybe less, from the Oklahoma border. I'm up near the Red River. Uh, so I'm on, the, I'm on the opposite end here in North Texas. Right. But uh, I will tell you that, in my opinion, um, nothing really changes. I'd hate to break everybody's heart, but uh, the border has been wide open my entire life. No one's done anything about it. Uh, Again, you've had different administrations have supposed deportation numbers, but let's face facts. They have, by design, the globalist uh, overlords have collapsed that part of the third world in South America and told those people to come north because there is no stopping them at the border. Even under Trump's administration, and I said this to Michelle Malkin, when I talked to her, we had a, uh, the largest radio row in America in 2019. Uh, Ann Coulter was there. All these different uh, commentators were there. All the sheriffs were there. The angel moms and dads, all the, everybody was there. And the politicians ignored us. And I told Michelle Malkin, I said, you know, the, uh, the U.S. military, they're Sherpas now. I mean, really, you have to put the military there. But what they would do is they come in contact with somebody who's crossing the border. They get them to a, uh, a, a center where they would be processed, put on a bus and sent to the interior of the United States. And they would, again, you could, you could contact, you would be sent a, a date. You have to show up to such and such trial or whatever, or, you know, and hearing when are they going to show up? We just did that over. And so it really, nothing has changed. Yeah. You might have a, a bigger influx, but, but the, the leadership of the U S wants that those, remember the caravans, 
But we're not talking about those. We, the caravans were all the last 36, 48 months. Oh, there's a massive caravan coming right in the middle of 2020. That was part of the, the, the operation chaos. Nothing's really slowed down there. So we, this is by design, collapse the third world, invite them, uh, make almost no barrier. And then you have jokes like, I mean, a, a living joke like Greg Abbott, who's governor of Texas. <laughs> and his thing is, yeah. uh, look, look at me. I'm a hero. Aren't I funny? Because I'm going to take these people that have crossed the border illegal. I'm going to put them on a bus and send them to Chicago. Aren't mm -hmm. I a conservative hero? No, sir. You're a coward. Right. And you're a traitor. Because if you had any responsibility, if you took your oath seriously at all, then you would put your office on the border of the United States and, and Mexico and there in Texas, and you would secure the border using what resources you have, because that is your job. But he right. doesn't do that. He thinks it's funny. And that's what all these different reports. Oh, I sent him to Martha's Vineyard. Look at me. Yeah. yeah. What is that going to accomplish? Yeah, that's our country. The whole thing's exactly. our country. And you're doing this to us. And so right. I think that is just... And, and and if you fall for it, if you're one of these, if you if you really just glued to Fox News and you love it, and you know I, I, he's such a Republican hero, um, <laughs> no, that and that and that again, nothing changes. But I tell you what, you know who's really excited about all this? Uh, Republican candidates. Man, you can raise money now, yeah. and you know, it's, yeah. Title Forty Two is ending, and uh, whatever that means, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> when did border security ever begin? I mean, I mean, after Eisenhower, Eisenhower was the last president to do any kind of real deportation or really any kind of border security. And Reagan was like, sure, we'll trade you. You know, we'll do border security for amnesty. OK. And then, uh, you know, that they they're supposed to remember they're going to build the build the fence. They they pat by the way, the, 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 the fence was passed in 2007. I know Don knows this. They did this. Remember, it was a big thing. George Bush got out there and was like kind of <laughs> had, had turned kind of pale. And he was like, OK, we're going to send the National Guard. And it's a big because there was a big influx of people. And everybody said, OK, thank you. That's all we wanted. Just we're going to have a bipartisan deal. Hillary Clinton voted for it. And they never built it. So, again, they don't want security. It's just a, they just try to placate the last dying off demographics of people who cared. Oh, man, um, uh, I I agree with you, brother. Uh, I don't, uh, especially on that point that, that that they're shuffling these people around, playing these are human beings, right? But uh, I mean, if if you don't care about that aspect and you only care about America, think about it this way: they're not solving the problem; they're just sending it to another place in your own country. Just because it's a blue state doesn't mean it's not part of America, right? So, yeah, let's send them to Martha's Vineyard. Let's send them to New York. What are you solving? Nothing. And, 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 and it's common sense. So you, you would think an opponent of these people would bring that up. Is anybody bringing it up? No. Not to that level anyway. You know, they're, they're not saying you're not solving the issue here. Right? You're just playing political, political ping pong with these people. Yeah. And trying to get them, uh, trying to get people to get behind you because of your answer, uh, your 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 actions. Look at a uh, uh, Desantis did it. You know, I, I thought it was repulsive. It was disgusting. You know, like I mean, at, at the end of the day, these are, these are people. They told them they were going to get jobs, man, and <laughs> a bunch of stuff, and and sent them to Martha's Vineyard and got nothing. And then the people at Martha's Vineyard actually took them in. This is a mess. This whole thing is a mess. It's very, very freaking simple. I, I saw I saw this dude uh, running for president, running against Trump. He looks like he's a, a, a of Asian descent, man. Um, I forget his name. Vivek. Vivek Ramaswamy, yeah. 
the guy was fantastic, by yeah, the he's way. Great. He's great. I, I, I was listening. I was listening to him talk. I'm like, oh my god, right? I may not agree with everything, but he's good. And, and he straight up said it. He's like, if I'm the president of the United States, I'm putting the military down there on the border. Yes. And I'm like, common sense. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Don't say that too loud. You might get assassinated for it, man. <laughs> you start start talking common sense. Right. You know, I'm like, that, that's it's really simple to do. And he's like, I will do that. He's like, Donald Trump won't commit to doing any of that. Donald Trump won't do X, Y, and Z. He's like, this is what I would do. Like, yeah. fantastic. It's very simple. It's very easy to fix, but they're, they're not trying to fix it. They want the problem. And they want it for political reasons. And we are the ones that are stuck in the middle in every sense. The people of America, the people of Mexico, the people of South America, we are the ones that bear the burden of all their nonsense. And as soon as we figure that out and cut these freaking people off, we'll be a lot better off. Don, what's up? Well, this is this is uh, you know just a very simple issue. Uh, you know, the one of the one of the few constitutional responsibilities the federal government has is uh, guarding the borders, and uh, we've been under invasion. And again, it's not like and, and Billy Ray brought up a point that I think should be analyzed. Where are these people coming from? Particularly the caravans, like from all over the world that we used to see in the migrants. It costs money. They're right. desperately poor people who's pay they're not paying for that. It's not like they can take a vacation to Disney World. They can't afford that. Somebody's financing this. Same thing, even when you look, I mean, I don't know why anybody from Mexico or Venezuela or any, why, why the hell would you want to come to this shithole country? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, it's I don't know how bad yours can be yeah. if, if this is something, because you must have been talking to the, the millions that are here. Some of them, they would have said, well, you know, I'm kind of relegated to mowing lawns and, uh, uh, you know, doing landscaping for the most part. And if I fall off a roof, they'll threaten to deport me if I ask what happened. You know, that, that's, that's the reality of it. And I talked about a lot of this in Survival of the Riches. It's about cheap labor. But the money, somebody is financing this. These people are not, I, I don't think. They're just they're coming without some kind of incentive. I don't because you see so many times they've had lines where it's all young men. Why, why are they, what, what's going on with that? That's not natural. Are they being told that, okay, you know, maybe you're, you're going to be in, involved in some project. I don't, I don't know what it is. It doesn't make any sense, but I do know that we have the, the largest budget any government's ever had. We have a military industrial complex. We're still stationed. Troops are stationed in 150 countries or more around the world doing nothing, including from World War II days. They serve no purpose at all. Whatever, whatever is being spent on that is a hundred percent waste. So you bring a fraction of them home. And Trump, again, hinted at that like he hinted at so many things that he didn't do. It's very simple to fix this. You don't need a wall. You need a wall of troops along the entire border, which you can easily do. And you couple that with an executive order that says any government benefits are tied to your citizenship status. They, you wouldn't need to deport anybody. There would be self-deportation. Because that's so that's so much of the attraction, supposedly, is free health care and all that stuff, uh, the the banned birthright citizenship, all that stuff. So you 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 kill the incentive to want to come here because on the line, and I don't know why the left doesn't see it. I tried to make that argument in survival of the riches, is that these these people are being exploited. They are human beings, but yeah. uh they're they're not coming here and getting some kind of they took our jobs, they're they're they are taking crappy jobs. And they're making it so those jobs are crappier than ever because I still hear people say, oh, they're just doing the jobs Americans won't do. Well, Americans used to do them. Mm. Somebody, you, you think who you think you had Hispanics? Well, before, well, they didn't invented the term yet. But, you know, Hispanics in the 1950s and 1960s cutting lawns or doing landscaping or doing roof work, they weren't even here. 
somebody did it. American citizens did it. And uh, they, um, most of them were able to make enough of a living wage to live somewhere on their own. Um, that's not possible now. But for some reason, again, the, the left is so deluded that they don't understand what it has done, what the immigration has been the main factor in reducing working class wages and working and, and benefits because these people will do the work that Americans won't do for a fraction of the cost. Why they will, I don't know. You'd have to try to ask them. But, of course, they're not even encouraged to learn the language. In fact, they're in, in many cases, they're discouraged to learn a language because they don't want communication. And this, right. just, this just creates – I mean, do you think about it. Do you, do you think that it was a, a Latino activist that went to Florida and Texas everywhere and demanded that all the signs be in Spanish and all the ballots be in Spanish? That was white people that do everything. Right. They decided to do it. And it, it, it was anybody sitting in that meeting, well, you know, this is not – this kind of goes against the history of immigration. This is not a good uh, thing if you're trying to encourage assimilation. We want right. everyone speaking the same language, right? How can we? Because it just fosters. And of course, you get the poor whites who they're. This is and poor blacks who this is who they're competing with. They get fed up. Well, oh, don't you speak English? You know, or why don't you speak American? That's even better. They do that. But I mean, it, they're not speaking the same language. Obviously, it's the most basic thing. And it's been uh, encouraged. And, and uh, Tony mentioned Reagan, and I'm very hard on Reagan. Reagan was Trump before he was, he just wasn't, he was much more polished. Because he was a real actor. I call Trump and Stein, you know, the, the, a project, but uh, Trump wasn't always an actor. Reagan, you look at his administration, not only had the 1986 act, which was the last chance for them to really do something about immigration. He dropped the ball on it. People still defend him and say, well, Democrats promised him this. Yeah, yeah, he's just like Trump. These Republicans are always so stupid. They somehow could be fooled on these things. No, why would you think it was a good thing to give amnesty? I remember I worked with a Chinese, or I worked with a lot of immigrants back then when I was a blue collar worker. But this old Chinese guy, he was, oh, Reagan, he used to say Reagan like Lincoln. So it sounded like he's like, Lincoln, stupid, Lincoln. He was, he was going around raging about him for weeks about how dumb it was because he said, they're all going to bring their families in. And they did. It was the stupidest thing ever. And at the same time, one of the many Supreme Court decisions that got no. Uh, attention at all. It happened during Reagan with his the Burger Supreme Court, the great Supreme Court they boasted about. They're the ones that decided, hey, you know what? American taxpayers have to give the children of illegal immigrants a public education. That's when that happened in the 1980s. The Supreme Court decreed it. So these are awful decisions. And the right at the time, well, Reagan applauded it. You look at Reagan's, Reagan's record, and I'll have it all in the next edition of Hidden History. The quotes from him are, he never said one thing against illegal immigration, let alone anybody. He always talked about, you know, bringing him in, kind of like Trump did when he got in office. I want a kind and gentle DACA and all that kind of stuff. This is ridiculous. We don't have the, at the same time, we have people living on the streets and crapping in the streets now. We have the cost of housing is absolutely absurd. Where, you know, in my area, you can't, you have so many uh, young adults that can't live on their own because they've got to pay, you know, close to $2,000 a month for a one bedroom apartment. And none of the jobs want to pay you anything. That's the reality for American citizens. So you're going to bring in millions, potentially millions of, pe of, of uh, people who are poorer than anybody here. These are the poorest people. They're at the exact bottom, right? So they're going to be desperate and they're going to be exploited. They're going to work for even lower wages and, and businesses are going to, they're going to lick their chops. Oh man, that's great. You know, they're doing the work you guys won't do. They'll pay them less and less. It has a huge impact on the job market, a huge impact on our own poor. 
and we already have so little resources. I mean, the, the same conservatives that want to keep bringing them in open borders and say nothing about the benefits they're getting, they keep wanting to cut welfare and, and keep complaining about food stamps and everything. And, and Bobby Kennedy actually talked about how cutting food stamps, but I think he coupled it with the aid to Ukraine. That's another terrible thing we do. But this, it's just exemplifies, epitomizes everything that's been wrong with America since at least the 1980s. There's no country in the world has ever done what we've done to have this kind of open borders policy to not even, uh, Owen Schroyer said something about that, that great video at the border. We said, what is the purpose? We, we should just abolish our entire immigration department. Uh, everything we have in the government that has to do with immigration should be abolished because yeah. there's no reason to pay attention to it. Why, why would anybody go through the procedure to become a legal immigrant at this point when they're coming across and they're flying you on planes, setting you up in hotels. I mean, I don't know how much that is real, but if it, to what degree it is, is it's outrageous. But uh, this, this is a huge problem. I don't expect any. And if you notice Donald Trump, that's why I voted for him on that issue alone. Cause if he had done something about immigration, it would all the other stuff wouldn't have even mattered. It would have done something really good. But he did nothing, and you'll notice he's dropped the subject. All he's doing is talking about uh, Joe Biden, uh, Biden open borders and bragging about the wall he never built, which is ridiculous. He did nothing. As Billy Ray said, he deported fewer people than Obama. Yes, people remind me, of course, he got much worse under Biden, but wouldn't you have expected that? Biden didn't claim he was going to do anything about immigration. He's waving him in. So um, this is a, just a horrible situation, but I, I don't expect anybody. That, it's easily fixable. You bring troops in on the border. You, uh, if you're not, don't have the stomach to deport, and and that's would be hard to do. You couple citizenship status with any government benefits. You stop saying that the children of illegal immigrants can go to public schools. Now I know that's hard because it's been been doing it for 40 years, but that's the only way to get a handle on it. And I don't think anybody has the balls to do it. I agree, uh, especially about the uh, assimilation points that you made. I, I think. Uh, and that's looked upon as a bad thing. And I don't think it was a bad thing um, for many people that were coming here. They wanted to assimilate to American yes. culture and learn English and work. And and you know what? There's something to be said for it. That doesn't mean that you abandon your culture, right? But no. you 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 show that you want to be a part of 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 a of a nation that's taking you in. It seems like common sense to me. If I go to Japan, I'm gonna try to learn Japanese. And you're going to have to learn Japanese. I'm not going to put Japanese in English for you. You're going to speak Spanish yeah. Right. And, and, and make signs in Spanish for me. Like, no, yeah. dude, learn how to read this. Right? You're coming here. But we happily did it for a long time, and it was radically changed by a select few. That pushed it, you know, that, 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 that pushed. And it uh, keeps them in their place. It right. keeps them in their place. We, we have basically, I tell people all the time, just understand no country has ever done what we've done. I graduated from high school in 1974. I, I, I'd never heard the word Hispanic. There might've been one or two people from uh, Venezuela or something, maybe out of like 800 in my graduating class. Didn't exist. Right. Uh, and it's, and uh, so you go from, really wasn't until the 80s, say 40 some years. We have gone from having virtually no Hispanic population, whatever it is, or very negligible, to them being the largest minority group in America. They complete. You wouldn't know it from watching television, but they're much. They're way more Hispanics now than blacks in this country. But how do you do that in a forty-year time? And the vast majority of them are underclass. We've imported an underclass. We've imported the mass of poverty. We've kept them down by saying 
you don't have to learn the language. Don't worry about it. Just keep mowing the lines and doing the landscapes. And, uh, you know, we had, when I worked at uh, the, in Nova, the place that, that fired me, we had a, a scandal there where they were hiring illegals in housekeeping and the guy got fired. And when they found out about it, there was one that died in the laundry where he fell into this machine and died. And his family tried to complain about it. And you, know, you try to, no, you're gone. You know, you, I'm, I'm calling immigration. If you complain, but that's what they do. As long as you stay in your place, they're happy. So they're they're getting exploited. They're not getting, and it's it's just a horrible situation. And the fact that the conservatives they have no answer to this. And you guys made a beautiful point. What Abbott's doing, what DeSantis did, it's entertaining. It was entertaining to see those people shipped to uh, to uh, uh, to uh, Hyannisport. Yeah. So that's it's great to see that. Yeah. And it's, it's great to see Chicago and New York complaining about it. It's funny, but it's not solving the problem. It's just moving them around and, and you're, you're enabling it because yeah. you're saying, okay, we know they're here. I'm not doing anything about it. Abbott should, of course he should do his government, but he doesn't have the balls to do it. Obviously it's pretty obvious. Uh, but this, and nobody does. And that's why Trump was so refreshing that he was actually talking about it, but all it was is talking. Now he's not even talking about it. No, right. Totally agreed, man. Um, Tone, you got any any closing thoughts on this? Yeah, I think what's about to be tested is the idea. Let's put the idea itself of nationhood. Are we is America a, a notion or a nation? Are we an are we a unique people? Uh, can a country survive without a border? Can you can you be a country without a border but identify as a country? I don't think so. And again, I think diversity is our strength. The mantra we're supposed to rock back and forth and say it over and over again. Um, this is a plan. Again, I think this is a pretty recognizable plan to collapse uh, the country and use the weaponized people. And again, these are a lot. I mean, the vast majority of those people that are coming here want a better life. They're trying to escape poverty. They're trying to find work. I mean, that's again, this is I understand that if I was them, I'd be trying to do that. But we don't have the will or the we don't have the political apparatus to, to create any sort of sane immigration system. Because I, I think it's good that we get people that want to work and build things and, and be active. We have so many in America here that don't. You know, they're anesthetized to the system. They're dead inside. They don't want to work. They don't want to get better. Uh, we can, you can see that in, in a lot of the uh, the modern, you know, social media, what, what these people want. You know, so they don't want to work. They don't want anything. They just want to be uh, part of the system. But there is, there is a, a lot of energy that comes from immigration. But when you do too much, when you when you talk and I call it weapons of mass immigration because you're talking about just breaking the system. Yeah. I mean, I guess on a good note, uh, we'll be a banana republic with nuclear weapons, but the food will be fantastic. We'll have a lot of good food. Um, <laughs> and we'll be living in a dystopic, you know, coast to coast Venezuela. But hey, the, the, I mean, I, I can get street tacos that are magnificent. Um, and, and again, you get you talk about thank Thank you, Don, for bringing back conservative. Oh, that's a great word. Um, and it so aptly describes like the modern republic. I mean, God help me, my my antipathy, my rage and hatred of the GOP and everything that they are. I I mean, I really it's unchristian of me to <laughs> just have this guttural reflex for everything they've done. And like the the whole and we, we keep going back to this, but like the the busing of people. Like you just you you can't even get that right that you just need to, to secure the border. You can't do it. They've been running on securing the border since I was a little boy. And yeah. so, again, it's just no I have no faith in any of these people to do anything right. And I'll, I'll add this as one last point. If you're talking about 
you know, looking at the future. Putting troops on the border is the right thing. When I ran for Congress, it's all I talked about. I was like, why don't we take the uh, troops from South Korea and put them in South Texas? I mean, South Korea is already talking about getting away from the dollar. They were weaponizing their steel and aluminum industry, trying to compete with ours. They were dumping in cheap uh, aluminum and steel to, to, again, take over our markets. They were, they were using you know hostile means to do that. I thought, well, you know, let's... We've we've built them up. We've kept them uh, secure for the last you know uh, seventy years. Let's just bring the troops home and put them on the border of South Korea. The problem with that is that the under uh, undersecretary of defense, if you recall, under the Trump administration, asked Congress when they could leave the border because they said they wanted to get back to a quote more traditional role. That was the Defense Department. So the, even the Defense Department doesn't see the border of the United States as a traditional role of defending. They only think about out there. And so then you, you're talking about being captured by the fulcrum of globalism. I, but I do think I do think that this will be a because it'll get so bad. It'll, it'll just be so apparent that people will have to act. And then especially in Texas, I mean, right now. Texas is kind of placate. All of your votes and all of your outrage and your wanting to make things better is made inert by the Republican Party. It just absorbs it and makes it weak. You know, like it takes it takes your activism and passion and turns it into Mitt Romney. And then again, that's that's bad. But I don't think that'll last forever. Something's got to give. I mean, it's just just basic physics. Something's going to give and there will be another movement or political movement, maybe another party. Uh, perhaps Texas will become its own country, but I, and I, I think that's a great idea. I didn't used to think it was a good idea. I'm all for it now. I like smaller republics, breakaway, uh, Texas nationalist movement, go right ahead. I, I'd vote for it. Um, but I, I do think that there will be some, there'll be some kind of reckoning here, uh, but it won't be tomorrow. And that's the unfortunate part. Well, you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I love, right. The diversity here in New York city. I love it. Right. I, I love that. Uh, I have a little Italy not too far away from me. You know, I could go to Chinatown. It's dope. You know, um, uh, Spanish Harlem and then Harlem. You know, it's 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 fantastic, right? It, it really is. Um, but to that point, we should all be united under under an American ideal, right? And right. and a common language and you know common principles uh, in order to move forward. That's just the end of it. It's common sense, really. At the end of the day. Um, so there is that, um, and, and like Tony said, nothing changes, nothing changes because they're all part of the same team. They're all doing the same thing in particular with the foreign policy. Nothing changes, nothing changes. The Biden administration still doesn't recognize the government of Venezuela. <laughs> still don't do it. Who did that? That was Donald Trump. He did this whole thing. Right. And, and, and Biden is supposed to be polar opposites. They still don't recognize him. They're saying is that one What's isn't that? Juan Guaido? Isn't he managing an Arby's now in Sacramento? Or well, you know, one, one, one of the least, one of the least, one of the least publicized things about JFK was his Alliance for Progress in Latin America, and that was a re that was truly revolutionary. His idea, and he actually he started the Pan Africa moves. He was he was supporting nationalist movements everywhere. He didn't like what the CIA had done, and of course started doing it again, and it did after they killed him. But the, the idea of Venezuela, any of these other countries, if uh, he and I think that's I don't know if RFK Jr. feels feels that way, but that you know, impacted influenced me strongly is that every these countries should be left alone, that they should be they, they should whether it's Africa or or, or um, Latin America or anywhere else, 
they should be able to develop their own movement. So if a, a Chavez or somebody rises up or, uh, or uh, you know, Ortega, whatever, any any Qaddafi, any of these people around the world, who the, if the people want that, that's we should not interfere, but we keep doing that. And we, we, we won't interfere with our own border, but we'll interfere everywhere else. And so if we had that, if that Alliance for Progress had stayed strong, you, first of all, you wouldn't have massive immigration in the United States because if they did any kind of a job at all in the Latin American countries, they would look at us and say, why the hell do I want to go there? It's the last place I want to be. Look at this unbelievable corruption everywhere. But uh, we didn't let that happen. The CIA got in there and uh, you see the results now. I mean, there, you know, it's it's there. I don't know what's going on, but it's it's a uh, it's a huge problem. Trump mentioning it tapped into it. But all the attention he brought into it, into it really, what, what happened? Nothing. Title 42. I didn't even know that he'd done that, whatever it is, but it doesn't appear to have done anything. And I I don't think there's a difference now. You know, the conservatives say, well, if Title 42 ends, oh my God, there's going to be a... <laughs> like, we're already, already not getting a flood across the border all the time. So I don't know. Maybe, Tony, you're closer there. Maybe you'll be able to tell us, like, if... Right. Texas is more noticeably overrun now since Title 42 is, uh, been <laughs> <out>. you know. <laughs> I'll let I'll let you know. My my prediction is no change, no change, no change. <laughs> prediction, pain. That's pain. Uh, Rocky three. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> check this out, Tom. We got an extra ten, or you got to go. I, I I do have to go. Unfortunately, we were kind of a little bit of on a time limit, but I, I could do five. Ah, we're out of here, man. We're, it's, it's, it's time you to go. Shout out, shout out the chat. And I yeah, just, I got to get it. Shout up out the podcast, chat. And we're going to think about it, everybody. We'll talk a little bit of Trump next week. We'll talk some AI next week, all of that. All right. Don, who's on YouTube? Uh, we have uh, Deborah Wheeler, Swampy McGee, who's doing his thing. I don't know about you, Swampy. I don't know if you're a troll or what. Karen Carpenter, Chris Buckin, White Wolf. Uh, let's see. Run with the Light, Molly Madison. Sam's Bodhi Tree. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Sam, of course, our friend Vince Magnelli, LB Bruin 79. I haven't seen Felix here for some reason. Kat, Kat Goya, I know I saw her in there. Uh, let's see. I think I spent a bit, a lot, a lot of good comments there. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, people were people were busy today, which is dope. Uh, uh, a Syrian girl is in here. What's going on? Chris Graves tonight with. Uh, well, Mr. Cooper, they're going to be doing their thing, so make sure you check them out. Aranda Tate, how are you, Rhonda? What's going on? Hope you're doing well. Uh, Riley is in the chat. What's up, Riley? How you doing? Mr. Tom Cooper is in the chat, too. What's up, buddy? How are you? What is this? I don't know what this is. Fashionland? I think it's Fashionland. What's up, Fashionland? I haven't seen you before. What's going on? Uh, I saw Harps in the chat. Mr. Vince Agnelli, Mr. Guard Goldsmith, uh, uh, Leonard Trust Fund was there. Angus Mustang, my dude, what's going on? Harps, uh, Mandir, what's up, Mandir? What's going on, Colin Wysong? How you doing? The Real McCoy is here. What's up, Real McCoy? Shouts to the Knights of the Storm. What's up, guys? Uh, what is going on? Who else we got? Let me see. All right. I don't know who else we got. I'm still scrolling. It's a bunch of people repeating, so. There's probably more, but I'm missing them. Hope everybody's doing well. Thank you for tuning in week after week. We appreciate you. Apparently, Infowars is on Twitter, and Alex Jones is back on Twitter. Um, oh, okay. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Donald Trump refuses. He says truth, uh, truth Social is the bet, and that's where he's going to stay. Somebody asked about New York and what happened on the subway with the Marine that, that choked out the homeless guy. 
so pretty much if you live in New York, you know that homeless people spaz out and they say crazy stuff. You pretty much ignore it or you walk in another direction, right? Or leave it alone and they'll go away. Um, personally, I think it was excessive force. Uh, I think he could have moved away and not killed this guy. He killed him. Um, he should have stopped uh, or he should have uh, subdued him and, and kept him away and not choked him out just based on my experiences here, you know, and, and could have gotten really out of hand. Yeah. You know, um, anything could happen. It's New York city, but typically the experience is homeless people run around and act crazy and you just let them and you just keep going and nothing really happens. Um, so you tell the guy to get off the train or something. He had got off the train. He got choked out and now he's dead. So it's a problem. Uh, so there's that. All right. Everybody else, what is going on? I hope you guys are well. Make sure you subscribe to America Unplugged on uh, Apple, Apple, what is it, podcast. Make sure you go there. And over here, America Unplugged on Rockfin. Tony Arterburn, the wisest of all the wolves. Tell the people where they can find you. You can find me at arterburn.news is my website. And the sponsor to this program is Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. So go check out wisewolf.gold. Fantastic. What's up, Don Jeffries? What's going on? Oh, it's Donald Jeffries. Media's website, donaldjeffries.substack.com. Please follow me and Substack. Subscribe to the Substack if you don't already. I wrote a column the other day about trying to uh, shatter these algorithms. Please follow me on Twitter as well because uh, we're battling these shadow bands. And if you're up late tonight, I'm going to be on Coast to Coast again uh, from uh, one to three a.m. Eastern time. I'll be discussing. Cool. My, I'm not. I'm not promoting it much, but the book just came out about the Beatles from uh abby from strawberry fields to abbey road that i wrote with uh, a billy shear story that I wrote with my friend bob wilson we interviewed lots of celebrities it's a fun book uh we'll be discussing that but maybe i'll get some other conversation in so if you're up late at night uh, with the other eight to ten million listeners that'll be listening to it uh, awesome check me out <laughs> just great time. no that's all that's all <laughs> that's all uh, yeah <laughs> billy shears what do you think real or not you think it's nonsense or 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 why People have to buy the book. No, I mean, and, and no, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I'm very, uh, I'm very skeptical. But, uh, but you know, we interviewed a bunch of people. But I gave the Sage of Quay, Mike Williams. He was in there as well, so he got to point that, put up that other. I think it's very unlikely that they could find somebody that looked that much like that him. <laughs> sang, yes, yes, right songs, sang, left-handed bass player. I mean, you know, it's nothing's impossible, but. But but I think they put those clues in there for sure. They the Beatles. Right. Oh, they absolutely right. did. The That's clues are real for sure. Yeah. Right. But but to find somebody because because the fake Paul wrote yeah. some incredible songs too. You <laughs> yeah. know, so I'm like, how, how yeah. do we get that? How, how do we? Yeah. How do we yeah. Make that yeah. Work? yeah. Uh, at some point, we'll bring in Mark Mark Devlin. I have an episode with Mark that I did for the Fringe that I'm going to put up soon, and he's big on. But but from one month to the next, he'll change his mind about Paul McCartney. One month he's fake. The next month he might not be. He might be real. Um, <laughs> all right, man. Fantastic. I can't wait to listen to Don on Coast to Coast. It's going to be freaking dope. Tony Arterburn's doing his thing. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. We are getting up out of here. Go check the Infinite Fringe. Uh, infinitefringe.podbeam.com. Bye. All right. No music today. No music. <laughs> next time. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Donald Jeffries. <laughs> <laughs> Author of Hidden Stories.